The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. You know, you know what the best thing about last Friday, April first, was? Mm, tell me. No, no, I wanted you to guess. <laughs> you see, the, the way that this I wrote this in my head was that I say that, and then you make some guesses, and I go, no, 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 that's not it. That's not it. Uh, Funyuns half off at Seven Eleven. You did guess. Wow, that's amazing. Huh? All right, see, yeah, baby, <laughs> Funyuns. Funyuns. We are those guys with ships, and this is episode 67 of the Versecast, the best damn star citizen podcast. Today is April 4th, 2946. Now, Jimmy, Jimmy, I have nominated you for Real American Hero. Real American Hero. I used to love those commercials. They were good. They were good. They were good. Yes. I, I just want to uh, to point out to the world that um, it wasn't last week's Quantum Drive. I think it was the, the week before that. You uh, you sustained a, um, a crippling injury, yet the show went on. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I broke my toe just before the show went live. <laughs> Could not tell. I mean, if you had texted me, you know, with like a long series of expletives, I, I never, I never would have known. <laughs> so, all right, I was running late um, this uh, this this past Thursday night, um, trying to get the show together and trying to get everything ready to go live. And I was running really late, like literally down to like the two minute warning. And so I was hustling into my office through my hallway. And I rounded the the entranceway a little too wide, and my foot caught the bathroom door jam. And when I say caught it, I mean not only was my pinky toe broken, but um, the the top of my foot and the three toes next to it ballooned up and were basically black and blue. It's just now starting to get a little bit better. But I sat down and unleashed a, a myriad of uh, expletives. <laughs> <laughs> While I was trying to get the show ready, and my wife comes in and she's like, "Are you okay?" And I just kind of put my hand up, you know, like, like, not now. And she's like, "Okay." And then she's walking away. I'm like, "By the way, I think I broke my toe." <laughs> <laughs> and then went right from that to pirates, rogues, scoundrels. <laughs> And my toe. <laughs> oh man, it was brutal. And and while I was doing the show, I was actually googling, um, you know, broken pinky toes. And everybody, every everything that I googled was like, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Um, you know, sometimes it like needs to be kind of popped out. Um, so I went to uh, urgent care the next day on Friday, figuring that if that was the case, I didn't want it to heal weird. And so I went yeah. and I got X-rays, and it was a nice clean break right on the knuckle. And um, basically, I just have uh, got uh, four to six weeks of recovery. Uh, no cast, no bandages, no nothing. Just be mindful of it. Yeah, yeah. It's that's a weird one. I, I that's the only bone I've ever broken is one of my toes. Playing ultimate frisbee of all things. Oh, nice! I, that clearly, you were, were you playing extreme ultimate frisbee? It, it was pretty extreme. Uh, clearly, you're breaking stuff. Yeah, yeah, but it was um, it was pretty uh, pretty. They just gave me a, a bunch of tape and said, "Here, tape it to the next to its next door neighbor and uh, come back in six weeks." Very nice. Um, yeah, good times. Thank you for good times. Uh, th- thank you for uh, singling me out as a real American hero. Real I appreciate American it. Hero. Is it uh, as uh, Freddie Mercury has uh, has said or had said in the past? Show must go on. Yes. I I, I don't. You would be Mister Mister Show must go on. Broken toe man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Guy. fun. It was definitely a good time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and speaking of good times, uh, Axel in ACDC 
Is this going to be a good time, Jimmy? Jimmy, how should I feel about this? I'm down for this. Are you? I'm, I'm down for this. As long as Axel... Um, you know, doesn't uh, doesn't delay, doesn't keep the audience waiting hours on end as he mm-hmm. tends to do. If mm-hmm. he's a professional and he goes out there, I think he'll kill it. I think when I heard that, is this confirmed? Because I heard they'd just been talking about it. Or is uh, it still a who rumor? Knows, who knows? Yeah. If, let, let's just say it's confirmed. <laughs> it, let, okay. Let's just say for the sake of argument, it's, it's confirmed. Um, I would go see that. I think that, he, you know, if you have to replace the singer of ACDC, Axl Rose is definitely a good choice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because he's a he's a distinctive voice, and he's up there in them higher registers, or he can be. So, um, you know, yeah, I think that, I think they could certainly have uh, chosen somebody uh, somebody worse for the job. Interesting though, um, a little blurb that I read seems uh, seems that Brian Johnson didn't uh, you know found, sort of found out about this the same way we did by reading about it. Which well, it you know seems it a could, little odd. It could it could kind of be like the the whole Brian Cranston doing um being cast as Lex Luthor. Um mm. there was a huge rumor for a long time that that Brian Cranston was in talks for uh Soups v Bats. Mm-hmm. Um and recently uh he had posted saying that 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 he was never considered. Uh that the internet just kind of seized on a good actor with no hair and thought he would be a good choice. So he actually never read and was never given the opportunity to uh, to audition for that role. So hmm. it, this could be the same type of situation where it's like, you know, ACDC's camp. Because if Brian Johnson didn't know about it, then it's a very good likelihood that it's just a rumor like, oh, Axl Rose would be the ideal choice. And I do think that he would be, you know, a great choice. I think uh, I think he would kill it. You know, I really do. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not I'm not a big fan of Axl Rose. Um, but I am a big fan of the original GNR lineup. I think Appetite for Destruction holds up to this day. I think it oh, is truly absolutely. a brilliant record, uh, right up there with you know um, with Nirvana with uh, Nevermind from Nirvana. Um, you know it, they're just they're they're classic albums, and mm-hmm. you know when you get into the, the later dec the decades later decades those those truly classic albums are harder and harder to find. Um, yeah. You know so. You know, I have a lot of respect for for what he did there, and I'm really, I'm actually really curious to see what Guns N' Roses does now going forward. Now, are when's the uh, uh, the uh, Coachella show? Uh, end of the month. It's uh, two weekends at the end of the month. Are, are you going? No, I'm too old to go hang out in the desert with a bunch of kids. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't even think like I mean I could go I could go with crew because uh, we're we're doing the whole event, but I no. Absolutely mm. not. Nope. I will hang out in my air-conditioned house and play video games. Thank you. <laughs> Attaboy. All right. Well, um, now that we've caught up on all the important things in the world, intergalactic food delivery? Is this actually a thing, Jimmy? This is amazing. It's truly amazing. I want that hat, by the way. <laughs> that hat I think rules. everybody wants that hat. Yeah. The big, big, yeah. Benny's, uh, big, big Benny's uh, Grab Eats hat? Yes. We were in a chat last night at the Sunday meetup, and uh, we did a, a quick informal poll of uh, how many of us had clicked on the buy button for that. And <laughs> we we all had several times. Oh, I did too. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously, April Fool's uh, or April, yeah, April Fool's Day. Uh, so, I mean, do you think that? If they if they had a counter on the other side of that button, which you would imagine they would have to, do you think that if if they got enough clicks that they might offer that skin up for sale? I never know. They might. Um, that would be a hilarious skin to put up uh, onto uh, onto a ship. Yeah, kind of like it's kind of like, like that one. Uh, there was a somebody had done, had skinned a starfarer um, as a McDonald's. Did you ever see that one? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, absolutely brilliant. So same premise, you know, I, very, very, very classy. Keeping it classy. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have not seen the video, you can get to it off of the Comlink page. Definitely uh, go check out the post. It was on Friday, April 1st. Um, and there's, I think, it's, no matter where you click on there, uh, anything that is clickable, you click it, you get to see a video. And they're in dancing, the video, though. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're dancing. Ugh. The dancing is awesome. Stop and, it. You get to see uh, disco fly, which is really nice, and um, and then uh, how not, does not a disco? Purpose. How does a disco fly? Very poorly. <laughs> I set it up. You knocked it out of the park. 
Um, and uh, other people were concerned for just a second, and then they laughed at him. So, <laughs> I mean, you, you just can't uh, you can't buy that kind of entertainment. No, that's um, true. That's true. An important note, though, corn is not, nor will not be, and will not be supported. So, corn enthusiasts, not this time. Oh, so sorry. It is sorry. Um, but speaking of other cool things, we um, I think last time we chatted, we had a concept sale going on with the Vanduul Blade. We did. And, yeah, and they had a, um, a Q&A that came out after that. And uh, so I, I, I pulled a couple of, of questions here that I thought were interesting. Are the, uh, the blade? And uh, regarding the price of it, um, I failed to report last time that on... Uh, ATV, Ben had mentioned that unlike previous Vandal ship sales in which the quantity made available for sale was constrained, this time they constrained the number the number we will see in the verse by making the price higher. So, you know, you can you can you can do it one of two ways. You can say I only want to have see X number of them in there, um, so I'm only going to put that number on sale. Um, or we price it high enough that um, the top um, that number of, of people that want it or the people that want it the most, that number of people that want it the most, uh, uh, will will pick it up. So it's well, a, it's it's really more of a specialty thing anyway. You know, it's we we touched on that in the last show where it's very much you know it's a kit car. You know, it's yeah. it's oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a driver enthusiast vehicle, if you will. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I think the reason the reasoning on this, um, uh, and, I, and I was an economics major, so I mean, that's why. Yes, this is just like it is. You know, uh, supply sure. demand. X, X marks the spot, so um, uh, good for you, CIG. That's, that's my res- that's my response. Sure, <laughs> sure. whatever. Sure. So um, uh, we'll see how many of those actually. I don't. I didn't see a report on how many they actually uh, sold, but uh, um, I think uh, I think they were were happy with the, with the results, um, no matter what it, that was. But uh, the ship itself. Uh, so in uh, part one of the Q and A, we had wondered about this last time. Uh, the question was, where do you envision the Blade's place uh, compared to other Vandal ships? We know it's a light fighter, but is it more of a Gladius or closer to an M50? And what they said is sort of a mix of the two. The Blade is lighter armed than the Gladius, but makes up for that shortfall by being more agile. A Blade's pilot's best strength is to evade incoming fire and stay on its target's tail. So um, even even lighter uh, than a Gladius, uh, and a little, arguably a little bit more nimble, which you know is, is interesting because the Gladius is, is a pretty nimble ship. So. Yeah, no, absolutely, that's pretty cool. Um, another person asked: Are the blades, i.e., the wings of the blade, rugged enough to use in combat? Is the blade suited for ramming, or is the sharpness just a Vanduul aesthetic? And what they said is, no, uh, ramming would not be advisable. That the Vanduul aesthetic for this ship is to strike fear into the minds of their enemies, not their cockpit. But And I think that this kind of uh, uh, ties back into what you were saying about it being a, a kit car, a replica ship. You know, it's right. not... It, this is not a Vanduul ship in that the Vanduul manufactured it to their specs and to their um, their uh, tastes and preferences. This is a ship that was manufactured to look like a Vanduul ship. Because I'm guessing, like if right. if you if you had an old 911 kit car um, and you were to take it to um, uh, one of the old school. Uh, Porsche engineers that actually designed the real 911 or the original 911, they probably would not be terribly impressed. No, probably not. And the thing is, um, you know, I think when you put a ship like this up against uh, a Gladius, for example, I think the Gladius is is designed purposely to win. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's a ship that is built for combat. Um, This is a replica of an alien ship built for combat. Right. Right. You know, so and it's, and it's not it's you know it's 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 like uh, you know in it, it, this is a bit of a stretch anal- analogy wise, but it's kind of like the difference between a mil- military grade a Humvee and a Humvee that you buy at a dealership. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I, I don't think that the intended purpose of the blade is, is to hold its own against a Gladius, against a saber, um, you know, against a Hornet. It's just it's quick, it's nimble. You won't be able to hit it. But it's really not designed to be a military level combat ship, right? Right, and people will use it as such, <laughs> of course. Well, and you know, the, the nice thing, one of the many, many nice things about 
uh, Star Citizen and what CIG is developing is that you will be able to modify this ship heavily. And you will probably be able to, if you're a good enough pilot, hold your own against, you know, a Gladius or uh, avoid being hit, you know, by um, by a Hornet. So, uh, you know, you, the potential is there to mod, but it does seem like out of the box... If you're looking for something strictly for combat, you're probably going to want to. If you're looking at those, if you're doing apples to apples, you probably want a Gladius versus you know a blade. Yeah, this is this this ship is hanger candy. I mean, you know, why would you? I mean, why would I guess maybe were they getting giving LTI on this sale? I guess I guess so because it was in concept. Don't scratch I mean, the paint, bro. Don't scratch the paint. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's what. I mean, it seems like it'd be silly to take it into real combat. I mean, maybe yeah. if if you were to take it, if there was like a uh, a demonstration at uh, an air race, you know, at a, um, racing. You know, you know, I think I I don't know if you mentioned it in here, but I know that one of the questions that was asked was racing. Racing seems like it would be a really good platform. That would be a really good platform for it as well. Hmm. You know, because yeah, if I, you're if you're hmm. going for an aesthetic, you know, that would be a cool ship to race with. Yeah, I mean, like in, in uh, they have you know old car racing day, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, and I do think that there will be some um, some validity in using the ship for combat, but it, I don't I, I don't think that um, it, it is an ideal out of the box uh, use for that ship. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you do, and there's like somebody watching, they'll and and when you get all blowed up, they'll go ooh ooh ow. Now, would it, will it be fun to fly through UEE space and watch pilots like want to rip their faces off the fact that they can't catch you? That'll be a lot um, of fun. Yeah, I mean, if it, I don't know if it's that fast. Well, it's it's quick and it's agile. So you know, if if the whole point is to play catch me if you can, um, it seems like it would probably stand. It would it would be a difficult target to hit. So you're saying dress up like a jet and then go driving through shark territory. No, dress up like a dress up like a uh, or dress dress up like a uh, like a seal, but have jets on your surfboard. Another question that was asked: <laughs> Will we be able to purchase the blade in game for UEC at some point, or obtain it in some other way? Or is this sale our only opportunity to get one? And the answer is that the replica blade will not be commonly available on the open market. We intend them to be something that is earned rather than outright bought in the finished game. We may offer the ship again through the pledge site when it's flight ready, but it will not be a design that's commonly available at an ordinary ship dealer. So um, I guess by earned, they probably mean stolen. So once once yeah. this get, gets in the game, the way that you earn it is by stealing it. You'll have to, like, I think we, we had talked about this a long time ago, but you'll have to tame the ship, you know, <laughs> like, at, like like creature handling. You'll, you'll have to tame the ship. Yeah, um, yeah. I think they, they talked about that um, with previous Vandal ships where they were saying that um, if you wanted to, uh, if you wanted to earn that ship in game, you would have to. Uh, go into combat, and I know this was just a scenario that Chris was talking about, so this isn't anything that is 100%, but it was something to the effect of you would have to go into Vandal territory, you would have to damage the ship enough to cripple it, and then you would have to uh, take the ship over from there, uh, right. was was kind of a concept that he had been thinking about. Ki- again, kind of like you know creature ta- creature handler, creature taming in, in other games. Well, but if we were like to, if we knew somebody um, on on this side of the universe uh, that um, uh, you know was a a collector who had one in their hangar, um, could we not engineer some way to break into their hangar and steal it? That's not you. You wouldn't want to do that, would you? I would not want to do that. But I'm That's just the, hypothet- the hypo- hypothetical, we, the royal we, if you will. That means the king. The king will do it. <laughs> well, oddly enough, there was a discussion uh, recently about. Uh, and we'll get to this later, but uh, about 2.4 and persistence, and a question was asked about being able to lock up your ship. So, Yes, yes. Um, and then we had uh, mentioned this earlier, too, or it had been discussed before. Will the blade allow players to penetrate Vandal space with a better chance of being unmolested? Or will every blade, or or I'm sorry, will every Vanduul recognize recognize it as an imposter? And the answer is the blade as an Asperia replica will not ship with a Vanduul IFF transponder. While you may fool a freelancer pilot looking out of their window, Vanduul fleets know their own. So 
Uh, that kind of, uh, I think we had talked about, will this be a good uh, recon ship in Vanduul space? And so I, I think the answer to that is no, mm-hmm. it, will, it will not. Unless unless they allow you to, they, they have talked about you know masking your signature or, or spoofing your signature. Perhaps there will be a Vanduul simulated signature spoofing apparatus. Yes, yes. Uh, free with uh, a purchase of any two packs of some whatever space cigarettes. Big Benny Grabby, put it in your mouth. <laughs> and then finally, um, someone <laughs> asked. That's my Big Benny. That's my Big Benny Grabby commercial. I, I like it. Will players be able to capture original blades slash glaives slash scythes that have not been converted? If so, will there be a conversion process that allows them to be flyable by humans? Because remember, the Vandal are huge. The dudes right, right, are large. Yeah. Right. Um, and the answer was uh, there will be a process, although the details haven't been implemented yet. So um, when it well, all comes down to it, in the very, very end, the really, really rare collectible ones will be the ones that are stolen from actual real live Vandal and then um, uh, converted. So that's, um, which I guess is sort of is sort of the back to the, uh, the Porsche 911 example. You know, it's like if you somewhere own like one of the first ones to ever come off the assembly line, that's a lot different than owning a, a kit car that was uh, manufactured in, you know, 2010. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's rare and then there's really rare. All right. Well, anyway, the uh, the blade uh, we probably won't see it in game for a while. I'm guessing maybe it'll be a part of Squadron Forty Toe, f- Squadron Forty, 40 toe. toe, Forty Toe, like as in broken toe. Uh-huh. Um, ow. Uh, but perhaps not. So, um, but I tell you, Jimmy, there is a ship that will be available soon. TM, and you know what that is? Mm, tell me. It would be the Misk Starfarer. <laughs> I don't even want to ask. How you feel about the fact that that ship is in hangar now, and you melted it twice, right? At least twice. Massive hauling the Misk Starfarer. So meet the Starfarer. Um, there is a. If you go to the the uh, the link off the com link page, uh, there is a, um, a series of really cool things to look at and listen to. Uh, the first of which is a video uh, called Meet the Starfarer and uh, with music by Pedro Camacho. And it's kind of like a four-minute commercial kind of slash tour um, of the ship, but definitely not to be missed. Uh, 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 definitely check that out. And uh, there's also a, um, a magazine there, too. It's called um, kind of a thing that you click on, and it brings up like a kind of like a PDF thing, uh, except it's fancier, like a flash PDF, I guess. Um, but it is called Discover a Day in the Life of a Starfarer Captain. And it's an inside look at what it's like to sail the stars aboard a Starfarer and how from captain to crew, everybody has an important job to do when living and working on a tanker. Now, Jimmy, some of this, I believe, ended up in your last episode of Quantum Drive. Is that not right? It did, actually. I was... Um, I was I, I, when possible, I really like to tie in what's going on with CIG currently into the show. Um, mm-hmm. Like when uh, Crusader launched, I did a whole series of stories centered around Crusader um, and Port Alasar and, and and moving in, in that system. Um, and I tend to to revisit that system more than not because it's what's currently active in game. And so I, I basically did the same thing. I read through the Discover a, a Day uh, in the Life of a Starfarer Captain and was like, oh, it would be really cool if like this was a ship uh, it's, that I had served on. It's called the Clydesdale in the story, in mm-hmm. your story. And I was like, it would be really cool if like maybe I served on that ship years and years and years ago when I was like when I was younger, when I was just starting out. So I did the whole show based around a younger me um, serving as basically a fuel management specialist, a.k.a. a fuel pumper, um, on that ship. And I referenced mm-hmm. two of the characters in that story. And it was I was really happy with it. It was one of those stories that came together really quickly. Um, and I was really proud of the way it turned out. It was very cool. And I, I, I had to do a double take because I was listening. I was going... Is this a this isn't a repeat? He hasn't finished the first season yet, and then I thought, oh, this is from the website. That's where I've heard these names before. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> you almost fooled the old Gleepster. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah. So anyway, very cool. Uh, um, definitely um, uh, check out. Uh, well, I'm, I, I understand you're going to be going into repeats here uh, pretty soon, right? Yeah. This week uh, coming up, uh, this Thursday, is the uh, last episode, episode 26 of season one. And then I'm going to take a two-month hiatus. But I'll be playing the best of Quantum Drive every Thursday and Saturday um, during that time off. Oh, well, definitely, definitely look for this episode because that was a lot of fun. And the Star Fair was on sale again um, for a bit to coincide with the ship being made hangar ready. And the price, you say? You ask. A little more this time, $300. And it will be put on sale again when it becomes flight ready for an even higher price. So uh, thank goodness for them quarterly unmelt tokens. Uh, are we due for another one of those uh, coming up pretty soon here? <laughs> yep. Think maybe? Hmm? That's funny. Gleep, 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 gleep. <laughs> gleep, gleep, gleep. You have, but, um, you have a Gemini, though, don't you? M- melted, but you have a Gemini, right? Um, I, I don't have a melted Gemini. Oh, okay. You just had the stock star, Starfarer? No, I've never had a stock Starfarer. Wait. I thought you had a Starfarer. You, you know were... the coolest thing that happened on April 1st? Huh. Unmelt token! <laughs> okay. It's back in my hangar. Ugh, Gleep. <laughs> is it, Star is it, G lives! It's the Woo-hoo. Gemini, right? Yes! Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll happily do a tour on it. Um, you know, I, I, as with all the bigger ships, as they come out, I sit there and I put them against, you know, the, the Constellation. And I, I still haven't seen anything in the size that I want. Uh, that rivals the constellation yet. Um, I came really close. I really like the Starfarer. I, I love the the creature comforts. Uh, the ship is laid out beautifully. It's huge. The cargo mm-hmm. bay is massive. There's all sorts of good, good, good stuff about that ship. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I like having a little bit more maneuverability, and I like having control of my forward guns. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, yeah, I mean, well, you have, uh, you've been in uh, recently, right? Because if you, if you just go in with, you know, since they released to live, uh, if you go in, uh, it will, you'll be able to see the Constellation and the Starfarer side by side. Yeah, no, totally. Um, the other thing, too, is that I, I don't really plan on moving cargo in, in mass quantity, like mm-hmm. cargo that big. I don't, but I don't know. The thing is, you know, I don't know what it's going to, what the economy is going to be like. Am I going to be able to make a living doing smaller runs, which is what I'm hoping, or am I going to need to get a bigger ship to really make a living? I don't want to be rich. I don't care about that. I like the idea of going basically paycheck to paycheck in the verse, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm hoping that you know a smaller ship with a smaller crew uh, will lend itself to that. But I don't know. We'll see. Regardless, though, I mean, home run. The the Starfire is a beautiful ship and absolutely amazing um as their first uh larger multi-crew ship yeah yeah it's um it's very very exciting and um uh, some people were a little bit butthurt uh, saying three hundred dollars now when originally when it first went on sale it was 175 but i think uh, a thing that gets lost and it's important to remember is the ship has become much bigger since then it used to be um, a max crew of two back uh, when it went on sale right, for right. for a buck seventy five and now i mean it's there are so many stations in there and so many seats um, you know it's it's um, someone i think it was um was it a Montiato? Was somebody? No, no, no. Um, I, I apologize. I don't remember who it was. But they were saying, you know, this is my Firefly. Yeah. This is the ship that um, that I have dreamed for uh, because this is I'm going to be able to do all the things that I want to do in this game in this ship. So it's funny. The um, uh, Misk and uh, Aegis Dynamics are are my two. F- I realized this the other day. Are my two favorite ships. Mm-hmm. Um, I love just about everything from Aegis, and I love just about everything from Misk. Um, and, and it's funny because my Connie is is RSI, mm-hmm. uh, but I, those those two manufacturers are, are just killing it. They're crushing it. They're doing they're, the ships are absolutely beautiful. Um, so yeah, I, it's it really is just such a spectacular uh, ship. And and obviously they're they're so proud of it that they're you're giving everybody the opportunity to kind of take a tour of it in their hangars. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the reason that that, that 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 has been happening with those two brands is that they have the style guide for those two yeah, brands down. Totally. I, I and, agree with you 100%. And once they complete the Caterpillar, which they're working on now, they're working on finishing up now, 
um, uh, then they're going to have that style guide for the Drake ships too. Right. And so that's that's going to be when uh, the Cutlasses will get their makeover, and uh, so very very exciting. Caterpillar might might be my Connie killer. I, I don't know yet. That's kind of the one I've been keeping the closest eye on. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be an incredibly flexible ship. Thing is, though, like I'm really really happy with my freelancer, and I'm really curious as to see what the redesigned Max will be. Uh, you know, bigger ship, uh, more cargo space. You know, I I might I might just stay freelancer. You know, um, yeah. I I don't know yet. You know, we'll see. Yeah. All right, and speaking of the 2.3, it did go to live since last time we chatted. Um, it went live to the world the evening of uh, March 25th, and I heard several folks were in on their days off to make that happen. So that was the weekend before um, Easter. It was Easter weekend. So thank you, everybody, for um, uh, for all your hard work in getting that out. And uh, how they describe it is Alpha 2.3 adds the usual assortment of bug fixes and balance updates, as well as make our first capital size ship hangar ready. So that yeah, it's capital size is, is what they're calling it. So that's yeah, that, yeah. there you go. It's, um, it's a smaller a smaller of the capital size ships, but yeah, it's a capital ship for sure. And so the Misk Starfarer, as we've been discussing, is now ready for boarding, and by a large margin, it's the biggest ship we've released so far. This patch also makes the Jean Cartual Scout ship flight ready with plenty of last minute balance provided by our intrepid PTU testers. You guys are most welcome. Mm-hmm. For that. You're welcome. Yep. And um, they um, <laughs> they also added the component component conversion, um, or they say that the component conversion also continues with power plants moving into the new component system. So yeah. They- I totally missed this. I don't know how, but I totally missed this and only rediscovered it recently. Where I was like, oh wow, they they just added this as well. Have you done any modification on any of your ships yet? No, no I haven't either. I- Hollow table still still bites. Oh yeah, that you know. The, honestly, that is a big like. Yeah, the hollow table is just a hot mess, which they know. We'll talk about it, and they've they've it. talked about, or I think it was Chris might have talked about. Um, it could be in the subscriber RTV this yes this is. last week. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about. He said, you know, look, yeah, we we get it. It was the hollow table was something that was written over a weekend as a sort of stopgap, and they haven't touched it much since. And he says, but we don't want to dedicate any time to it. Um, instead, because with persistence, we're going to be getting other ways to interact with our with our stuff, and you know, including the Moby Glass. There will also be uh, kiosks like um, at Port Olisar or right. um, on Art Corp. Uh, so um, that's well. It'll be anyway, amazing. It'll be amazing to. Um to, to be at Port Olisar and access your ships from your Moby Glass and mod them out on the fly. That is going to be really cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's what the, that's how that's going to happen. Um, I think that the they're, you know the hollow table works sometimes. It just isn't very reliable. And of course, there there are also um, there is that uh, utility that allows you to suck your XML file out. Um, and uh, edit it in, on a, in a web browser, and then imp- or export it back into um, uh, your uh, your user folder. Um, that, which I, I understand that a lot of the uh, the testers, the QA testers, uh, have been using that uh, that utility to uh, to test some of these things uh, rather than trying to you know wrestle with the hollow table. <laughs> Deal with the hollow table, yeah, yeah. But that's all going away because once it becomes server side, because like, you know right now it's client side. Right. The, uh, the your your inventory is client side. Um, it's stored in a database on the server, you know, so that you, when you um, when you update, you know, it, it does come down to your client. But it's maintained client side. Once it's maintained server side, then um, then uh, that's going to be um, a, a different situation. And I think will happen with uh, the Moby Glass and um, uh, kiosk uh, implementation. So. Anyhow, so um, uh, looking forward to that, uh, and uh, you know, once it becomes a little more robust, then yeah, I'll go in and mess with with swapping out uh, shields and stuff like that. But for now, you know, just it's what little time I have to play. I want to spend playing and not. No, know. totally. Well, and the thing is, for me, um, I, I really, really like to fly gimbaled. You know that, so I, I'm I'm forced to do at least minimum modification, and mm-hmm. it's really frustrating when it doesn't work, when it doesn't stick. Um, you know, I end up going out flying with, you know, two guns down. Yeah. Yeah. It's and even if you do set it up right, sometimes you go out. Two it guns still doesn't down. stick. Yeah. 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 
Well, definitely check out the the uh, the post in the com link for also for the the, the 2.3 release uh, for a spiffy Jean Scout video in which you can see the uh, super cool blue tint visual that the the quantum drive um, uh, jump mechanic. Uh, for this ship has and uh, then there's also a brief blurb to do with uh, the new general purpose power plants down at the bottom and uh, apparently these are available at the Voyager Direct store and this was another thing that Chris mentioned and I forget in which show but he said you know it's coming to where we're going to be able to melt the purchases we already made um, um, and then uh, uh, uh Repurchase um, other things with the UEC, or, um, and so it, that that that's that's all coming along with this too. So this is not we're not stuck with the stuff that we have. Cannot wait. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and currently we are on uh, 2.3.1 in the PTU. Um, the PTU went dark f- yesterday, uh, but I just noticed today when I logged on that it's lit back up again. So. Um, I had kind of been wondering if we were going to get a patch to live, but um, to be uh, to be fair, I haven't logged into live today, so I don't know if if they maybe did do something. But uh, it shows two point three point one at on the PTU still, so they're they're working on ironing some bugs out, and then as soon as that's done, it's on to two point four. Good times. Yep. Very excited about 2.4. 2.4 is going to be huge. Um, and, and, and I've heard, and I believe it was Chris that had actually said that it is on the scale of, uh, you know, when Alasar went live, when Crusader went live, uh, that this is going to be a massive, massive upgrade to the game. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah, and I, I think he mentioned that a lot of the stuff we won't actually see. I mean, mm-hmm. it won't right. visually, it won't occur as being as massive as it actually is. There's going to be a lot of stuff that's going in underneath on the back end that uh, they need to implement that first to make sure that it doesn't break anything else, really. Um, and then they'll put the the, uh, the shinies on top. So, um, so I think 2.4. For 2.5, there's going to be, you know, all across those two, there's going to be huge changes. Mostly mostly persistence. I think the, the, the name of the change is persistence. Yeah, that's one. And they've said this, um, and it's obvious, but, you know, once persistence is in game, um, it, it sets the stage for a lot more advancement. There's a lot of things um, from the hollow table to to ship mods uh, that to character creation, character customization, all of that stuff has just been on hold until they get over this hump of of making the game persistent. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, and speaking of the end of season one of Quantum Drive, uh, there's going to be an event this coming Saturday, April 9th, um, and uh, it's been organized by. Um, uh, one of our more active members, Mr. Dietrich. Um, and this is an event to commemorate you on making it through the first full season, 26 episodes of The Quantum Drive. Um, it was very so nice com- of him to do that. Commemorations to you, Jimmy. Hoorah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. it, it's been a, it has been a fun first season. Yeah, so um, uh, I think the idea for the event is pretty simple. Um, it's going to be uh, um, uh, people pair off and go into Arena Commander, and they're either going to play as Team Gladiator, which would be uh, one person in a Gladiator and another person in a Gladius, and uh, they will be up against uh, Team Cavalry, who will ride into battle upon their Mustangs and wield miters, mighty sabers. So um, I think the, uh, the event is uh, planned to go uh, the better part of the day. So definitely go check it out in our forums at versecast.org. There is going to be a link in the show notes. And uh, thanks again, Dietrich, for incepting and organizing this all up. Uh, very, very cool. T- TGWS spirit. No, Oof, totally, oof. totally. Very, very nice of him to do that. I, I was very surprised when I saw that post. And it's, uh, yeah, this is very cool, man. It's it's. Um, I do the show because it's a passion project. I would do it if nobody listened to it because I really enjoy putting together set lists and I like creating lore. Um, and so I'm always really, really thankful um, of, of the support that I get for the show um, and the people that listen to it. I, I, it's just, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, we, we enjoy listening to it. And, um, um, you know, we've never, we're never lacking for a reason to celebrate. So. Uh-huh. This week it's you. It's true. <laughs> Celebrate me. me. All right. Well, other interesting stuff gleaned from the official contents since last time we uh, recorded. Uh, we had a, a couple episodes of Around the Verse, uh, 2.24 and 2.25. 
Um, in the first one, they said they're working on getting the Vanduul language out to the public so that humans can learn to speak the Vanduul. Yay. Ooh, um, cool. So now, now, Jimmy, do you remember the story about the uh, the nerdy couple that spoke or that uh, uh, only spoke Klingon uh, with their with their young child? So that no. the, the child the child only spoke Klingon and showed up the first day at kindergarten only knowing Klingon. That's kind of a terrible parenting thing to do. I, I nothing wrong with teaching your child Klingon, but that's kind of a terrible parenting thing to do. <laughs> I think it might actually be an urban myth, but it's one of my favorite urban myths <laughs> because it, it's so horrible. It's a good one. <laughs> so anyway, as great as this, those guys with ship's community is, don't do that thing. Just <laughs> don't, don't do don't, that. Don't teach your children Klingon or no, or Vandal even, even more. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can as a second language, you know, but certainly not as your primary way of dealing with life. <laughs> All right, um, and then uh, Disco did a couple of interviews worth checking out. Uh, uh, there is uh, the first part of a two-parter with Aaron Roberts, and then um, in WW, uh, I guess that would be the wonderful world of Star Citizen, uh, Jared uh, chats with and then walks through a video with Mr. Combustible, uh, how he created that awesome 3D retaliator that is hanging up on the RTV uh, set wall. Um, and, and Jimmy, he was the guy that did that awesome suit of armor too, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the same. one and the same. He either has access to or has a 3D printer. Yes. Well, he was talking about his 3D printer and, um, you know, saying that it was a, a smaller model and, you know, was ta- discussing the things he would be able to do once he got a, a bigger printer, but that he was able to, you know, uh, you know, work around that, and he he welds with acetone. I think it's with acetone, but it, wow. I mean, he he like prints like the the armor. I guess he would have to print it out in like relatively small pieces, and then weld the pieces together using acetone. Okay, I think it, I think it might not be acetone, but there was a a, a a solvent or a chemical of some sort that he was using. But um, so anyway, check that out. Definitely um, cool. Um, uh, that retaliator on the wall is is uh, is very very cool. I remember when um, on one of the ten for the chairmans when uh, Jared came flying it into the studio and how excited Chris was. I mean, I just thought it was a very very uh, um, uh, cool thing that he did. And it, it was all you know. Um, it's just like you say for you know you do quantum drive for your love of the game and the lore and and the community and uh, he does uh, mr combustible does the same thing and so that's uh, yeah we definitely want to want to say here here sir bravo 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 yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then we heard from austin uh, that hangar storage and shopping are coming soon tm uh, lots of collaborations going on between austin and turbulent up there in the canada um, regarding the persistence persistence is a, is a big word right now um, and oh boy, that's going to be very, very cool. I'm very excited to get to the uh, Reverse the Verse subscriber edition segment a little little bit later on in the show um, because mm-hmm. of all of the things that are coming with 2.4. Yes. And, um, is, well, it's just beginning in 2.4. Um, it's, it's persistence and it's coming and it's going to begin with 2.4. Like we said, some of the foundations, uh, some of the underpinnings, some of the back end um, code is going to be going into the first iteration and then the, the shiny stuff on top I'm guessing um, and uh, um, also uh, in the, the next uh, last Friday's uh, episode uh, again Austin is working on getting the shopping out uh, it has expanded just beyond the Casaba outlet store now too they are looking at adding shops in which we may peruse at uh, Port Olisar Nice. Um, and, yeah, and so persistence has been integrated into the dev stream, and with it, we will eventually be able to move items around in our hangars. I think we've discussed this earlier. Uh, change hangers, change what ships we have in our hangar. All this from within the game client, not on the website. All within the game client, um, and not not the hollow table. So, um, you know, it's like I I feel like we're being weaned from the outside world into um, into the uh, the inner sanctum, as it were. It's crazy. I mean, when when things when persistence goes live, and and yes, it, it's going to be a development a developmental process, um, and it's going to be buggy as heck at first. But uh, it the beginning of tying everything together, and and I'm so excited, even just in uh, just in the in the um, Stanton map so to speak. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see 
you know, when they tie um, Alasar uh, or, or Crusader into um, Art Corp, you know, and when you're able to go from Crusader to Art Corp and the things that are available to do in, in the Art Corp uh, play zone. Uh, it's just I'm really excited that even just this one play area, just Stanton, I'm really excited that they're the, the what's coming down the road and and how they're developing um, all of the bits and pieces in that sandbox. Um, I'm so glad that they went that route instead of you know keeping everything separate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it will be paying off dividends for long to come. Yeah, and I know that there was a lot of um, brouhaha about the decision to uh, to stall on Star Marine and and basically put everything Ooh, into yeah, basically put everything into this uh, sandbox that is Stanton, um, more specifically, currently Crusader. But I, I think it was one of the smartest moves that they've made, and I think that that we're going to start to really see huge payoffs once 2.4 goes live. They they are staying the course. They are remaining true to Chris's vision, and that's why our hollow table sucks. But once it comes to the Moby Glass, <laughs> it's going to rule. Yep, so, totally. Okay. And then finally in uh, this last week's episode, um, 2.25, Disco finished up his interview uh, with uh, Aaron Roberts, and uh, senior writer Will Weisbaum guides us through Elysium um, and its history in the latest uh, installment of Loremaker's Guide to the Galaxy. Nice echo. So, thank you. Uh, check, I, I, I typed it right there, echo. Uh, <laughs> so definitely um, um, check that out, um, um, especially and you know uh, way more than we have time to talk about here. But uh, you know check out the interviews with Aaron Roberts, um, uh, interesting guy. And speaking of Aaron Roberts, he was um, he filled in for Chris in Ten for the Chairman uh, this not today but a week ago today. And dude talks really fast. Um, so uh, I, I was the uh, the poor guys over there at INN. I imagine them trying to transcribe that was it was a was a real challenge. But probably nothing that those guys couldn't handle given enough Red Bull. This <laughs> you is know true. What I mean? This yeah. is true. Um, so anyway, did you know that he um, has, was one of the big brains behind all several? I think maybe all of the Lego series of video yeah, games. I did. That is very very good. He he talked about it. He really enjoyed the the. the uh, the way that he set it up, the processes they put in place, um, so that when the next uh, property, you know, uh, or IP came along that they wanted to implement a Lego game for, that is, they had all of the stuff in place. It was just basically reskinning what they had already done, maybe adding a, a little new functionality. But um, you know, it's uh, um, I think it's impressive uh, his sort of command he has over process and uh, managing it and implementing it. So. Um, or I guess it would be the other way around. You implement it, then you manage it. But anyway, I, th- I thought that that was kind of interesting. Um, but there were some questions, some of which I thought were interesting. Um, our buddy Amontillado had one that got answered. Um, he said, we've heard that stations like the Shubin Mining Platform and Squadron 42 are going to be maybe as big as six kilometers long. In the Baby PU today, we have large stations like Port Olisar, but can only access relatively small portions of it. How much of Shubin's interior can we expect to be able to explore in Squadron 42? And uh, um, Aaron answered, lots, lots and lots of it. Obviously, Port Olisar is just a place for you to spawn, get your ships, and move out. In Shubin, there will be huge areas you can run around in. It won't be just one or two rooms. Shubin is actually a huge installation. Lots of different rooms, general areas, manufacturing plants, etc., and so forth within this ginormous installation just waiting to be exploded. I mean, explored. (laughs) Exploded. Or exploded. Um, And yes, so that's going to be very, very exciting. Um, And then um, uh, another question which I thought was very, very cool was the last question um, a person asked, what is the next major milestone that you are most excited about? And what he said is that in the near future, flying the Starfare, and um, I have a link here to a video. Um, I don't know. Did you hear about there was a, a person that found a bug and was able to actually fly a Starfare yep. in Arena Commander? Mm-hmm. I will put a link to that in the show notes. Very, very cool. Um, he said, um, flying the Starfare, I think people are going to love it because it's truly a capital-sized ship, and people go on there, and they can have FPS battles on it. You can do lots of stuff, have lots of fun, and so on and so forth. 
Of course, persistence is very close in which you will have some shops you'll be able to go into and buy clothes and armors and weapons and stuff like that. Then we're going to release Alpha UEC, which is UEC that you can play with in the baby PU. So we can get in there and begin testing. So that'll be nice. We'll be able to, um, and I wonder if they're going to do some sort of an REC to UEC, to Alpha UEC conversion. That would be that would be very cool. Well, one thing also um, to keep in mind is if you buy anything with actual UEC that you have, not the playtest mm-hmm. UEC, um, you'll be able to keep those items. Right, or they're going to give you the opportunity to melt them. Right, right, right. Be- because um, they're you know early on there was some stuff that I bought that you know I thought given the selection of what was available at the time I thought was pretty cool, and I haven't used any of it in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, well, the. For me, it was the changing um, of the uh, weapon sizes that kind of killed off a couple of things I purchased. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, who knows what will be available uh, for decorating our hangars. So we might want to invest some money in that. Totally. Um, so we're going to have the Alpha UEC, so basically testing the economy. You know, you, For persistence, if you're going to buy and sell things, you need to have a, a, um, a, a currency to do that, uh, to facilitate that. And so that's what the Alpha UEC is going to be for. Um, and then we're going to have procedural stuff, which is going to make a massive difference because it's not just the planet stuff that we've seen on some of the demos. No, 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 no. Procedural can be used all over the place, and it's going to make a massive difference in gameplay. And he said, so I know you asked for what's the next milestone, and I've given you three milestones, and this is the important part, which are all pretty close. And that's the stuff I'm really excited about now. So maybe in 2.4 and 2.5 we see um, some or most of this? Yeah. Yeah, could be. Well, it's going to be... It's going to be like when Crusader went live. I mean, it's going to be the same type of thing. You know, it's going to be an absolute disaster on PTU for the first, you know, the first patch. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll do uh, limited invites. Everyone will be freaking out because everybody will want to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a hot mess. It'll be unplayable. Um, and then they'll patch and patch and patch and patch and patch. We'll get rapid succession patches that'll fix a bunch of stuff. And it'll start to get stable. It'll start to get cooler. It'll be the same thing that it was the last time. Yep. And I can't wait. All right. Well, we um, we did also, we had three reverse the verses since last time we met. Um, so let's get through these um, quickly, um, although because uh, we want to focus a little bit on the subscriber edition, which happened last Wednesday, uh, featured uh, Chris Roberts. Um, but in the one, uh, the first one on the 25th, uh, we got a ship status update. Uh, they said the Caterpillar is likely to be the next non-military big ship to be released. So I guess... Um, like the Starfarer. The Starfarer is is non-military. The Gemini is the military variant, but the right. Starfarer is not non-military. So um, hopefully that uh, the Caterpillar will be uh, will be uh, coming soon, TM. Uh, the Idris is going through flight testing. We know that's going to be in Squadron 42, so we know that their resources have to be focused on that. The Javelin is pretty far along. Uh, the first I've, I think we've heard about that for a while. That's interesting. Well, the Javelin's part of four, Squadron 42, right? I don't know. Is it? I'm I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, which which would explain the the big drive to make that ship happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Um, the Starfarer has been reprioritized to be flight ready ASAP. Interesting. Woo. Well, they must they must need it for testing. Yeah. Well, um, uh, I know that they uh, they've said as part of the um, uh, persistence and for testing the Alpha UEC, uh, they want um, uh, they want us to start paying for our fuel. So that's nice. going to cre- create a market for fuel gathering. You know? Okay, so, very cool. Yeah, uh, fuel and weapons we'll need to start paying for. So there you go. Uh, the salad days are over, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> that's true. The Reliant will likely be seen in 2.4. Um, the Herald remains in active de- development, and the Dragonfly will feature sport bike-like leany forwardy seating. So uh-huh. vroom vroom there, yeah. Um, they said uh, we can expect to see one new flyable ship and one new hangar-ready ship in 2.4. So, Jimmy, I'm calling for a flyable Starfarer and hangar-ready Reliant. What do you think? Um, I- I'm going to agree with you. I think I think you're on. I think you're spot on, sir. I think you're spot on. I'm not going to be. Con- I'm not going to be contrary. There's there's no radio tension in that. No, there there's- is no radio tension in that. But sometimes you know what? It's a perfect world, and stars align, and and unicorns and kittens and puppies all get along. I, w- I was hoping for something more along the lines of "gleep you ignorant slut." 
<laughs> I don't know. We'll no, save wait, that. that's the other guy. I'll save that for next time. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and so then uh, we got, um, on the 30th, we got a um, uh, uh, reverse the verse with the, the chairman. Uh, they, they mentioned at the top of the show before Chris came in uh, that the next concept sale will be a small MISC mining ship. There's no, they said there's no name for it yet, or at least not one that they're willing to talk about. So I'm guessing it's not going to be the Terrapin, which is interesting because that was the name that was given to it uh, when it was uh, voted upon in one of those polls that we took back in the stretch goal days. Um, and then Chris talked um, uh, about um, uh, persistence, about Alpha UEC, um, about uh, uh, persistent uh, ship states, uh, fuel and ammo, which is going to cost us, I just mentioned. And um, that uh, finally in-game we're going to have persisting things to work towards. So it's not going to be like it has been to this point where basically all, all you have to work towards is what you create for yourself within a single play session you're going to be able to work towards things that that last uh, across play sessions and so that's going to be that's going to change uh, the game uh, and it's, I mean it's not it's not groundbreaking uh, gameplay but it, it you know it's a huge jump from where we are now to the next step so uh, definitely definitely and I know Jimmy you want to talk a bit about some of his comments about character uh, uh, customization but um, uh, definitely give this reverse the verse a listen um, you don't I mean if you you don't have time to sit down and watch it don't worry about that um, just you know if you can uh, uh, bring it up in your car while you're driving just listen to it because um, it's 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 really really good stuff so um, so tell, Jimmy tell us a little bit about the uh, the character customization well this is uh, you know as, as a, a uh, narcissist I'm very very excited about creating me in the game. <laughs> uh, but uh, this this is the beginnings of this, and this is I'm so excited about this for a whole host of reasons. Um, Two point four uh, is going to give people the the very beginnings of character creation, and what I mean by that is it will be sixteen faces, eight male, and wait for it, eight female. That's Woo! right. We will finally have the girls, the ladies, in-game. I'm really excited for um, for our better halves. I'm really excited for the fairer sex. Uh, I'm really excited that the, the women that play Star Citizen will actually have the ability to create an avatar that represents them, something without external genitalia. Um, <laughs> so I think that's really cool, and it really adds to the diversity of the game. Uh, it's going to be a very basic uh, first pass. You know, like I said, um, eight female faces, eight male faces. Um, I, I don't know. I, I doubt that we'll have beards and customizing options beyond that initially. But we'll also have uh, clothing that will be available with persistence as well. So mm-hmm. while we will have a limited character creation in 2.4, we're going to actually have a lot more... Um, we're going to have complete a complete ability, as we haven't really up to this point, uh, ability to really customize our characters um, between the clothing options, the armor options, the gender options, and the face options. That's huge, you know, and it's going to add so much more diversity uh, to the, the universe and to the, our, our little small sandbox that is in development right now. Um, this is a big, big deal for me. I'm really excited that we have the opportunity to start dialing in our characters. Uh, going forward, they'll want to expand uh, the number of faces that you can add. Uh, then they're going to want to allow uh, for customization that goes beyond that with the eventual goal of you being able to change the shape of your nose, change your cheekbones, change your eyes, really kind of dial in the character to a full customization but that's going to be a ways off um 2.4 is going to be very basic um there isn't really any timeline on what they're going to be when they're going to be implementing additions but like i said just the fact that um that we will now have the ability to uh to create female characters that will at least have you know eight swappable faces uh per sex I think that's huge. You know, we mix that in with uh, with clothing options and the armor options that are available, and we're going to have a pretty rich universe uh, just in the initial release of character creation. 
Yeah, that's that's um, that's very cool. I know they they've been looking at um, other games and how they create characters, and uh, uh, just as with uh, with the the ships and the interiors and exteriors of the ships, they want a um, a high fidelity solution. So yeah. um, I th- I think it's going to be for folks that that's a, a, an important part of of the gameplay for them. Um, they're um, they're not going to be disappointed. Yeah, no, and it's it's uh, I'm I'm glad to finally see that we're getting. A, a, a beginning version of that that we're getting a, an iteration of character creation because that's been a long time coming and I'm really really excited about that so yeah persistence is going to be huge on, on so so many levels yeah persistence the password is persistence yes I think the word of the day is definitely persistence alright um, and then um, this last Friday we uh, we had perhaps the silliest RTV to date I, it could, couldn't have anything to do with it it was April Fool's Day but um, as silly as it was, we still did learn that early backer physical package star maps will be shipping soon, and maybe the big rolly uppy ones too. Um, it's kind of hard to tell. They, there was much giggling and, and laughing, but uh, uh, Lexus did mention that uh, that those maps were nearing completion and should be uh, shipped. I think she said in May. So, uh, folks that have those uh, on their uh, on their uh, send it to me now list, uh, uh, your patience has paid off. Is that a thing uh, for you? No. Yeah, no. yeah. I, I, I did I did not get in in time for the um uh the package that included that. Um I have a digital uh, star map uh, with my package. Uh but I think I think John definitely does. Well, you can buy one standalone or you could. I don't know if they stopped, uh, but there was a time there for a little bit where you could buy one standalone uh physical map. Yeah, that's the rolly uppy one, and I think that that might be different than the one that's included with the um with the physical package, which is a foldy uppy one. Ah, I gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they mentioned that cargo is likely to be the first career to go into the game. Yes. So interesting. So for yes. you know freelancer for Starfarer, um, that's, an, that's that was another thing that kind of you know pushed me back with on the uh, star. Cause I, and I didn't I didn't mention I did um, I did uh, melt my redeemer. So wow. But redeemers are always available, so that's I'm not you know and um, you know three hundred dollars for the um, for the new Starfare for the current uh, edition of the Starfare. Um, I, I had a buyback option for two forty, so um, okay, that, yeah. So it, it was it made found found sound financial sense, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much uh, that we uh, well we're at an hour, but. Um, uh, should mention real quickly that the uh, the Oculus Rift officially launched this last week, um, and I, I I guess it's not really too clear what that means. Uh, some people, some lucky people, got them. Um, I have not read any of the reviews yet on how they like them. Those those few folks that have actually uh, received theirs, but I know we got several folks um, in um, in the org that have them on order, and I think that the majority of uh, the folks that pre-ordered are getting theirs like in June and July. So um, uh, anyway, looking forward to, I mean, it's an, it's an exciting time and I'm looking forward to, I hope that it does well. Lots well, my, my wife really wants to get one and I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, get one, get one. So I can totally test it and not have to, you know, spend any money. But the problem is that um, her, her rig, her PC rig is a little bit outdated. And so she's going to have to up- update her rig before she uh, gets an Oculus. So, so she's kind of uh, stalled on the whole Oculus Rift thing right now. Yeah, I think I think that's a, an issue for a lot of folks that would uh, otherwise be in the market. But I, I think they're sold out, aren't they? Or, or are they still taking orders? I don't know. I don't know how, how it's working. They're probably sold out. But I, I know that she's really, really excited to play Overwatch, and she has a beta for it, but she can't play it on her rig. So that might be a catalyst for her updating her um, her PC pretty soon. No, she can't play Overwatch for even for it's for, it's for 2D. It's too um, it, well. She's got beta access right now, but it, it's too choppy. The frame rate is atrocious on her machine. Oh, it's oh, just okay. her machine just can't run it. Oh, okay. That, so I, she hasn't I feel her pain. Yeah, mm-hmm. she hasn't upgraded since Knights of the Old Republic or Star Wars: The Old Republic Online rather came out. Uh, it's okay. so it's been a while. Like you know, I I've upgraded my rig since for so that it can handle Star Citizen. She hasn't done anything. Oh, okay. Well, um, you know, Christmas is coming up soon, Jimmy. No. <laughs> no. 
All right. Well, speaking. Uh, well, you know what's coming up next. We we uh, we hope to see two point four in the PTU soon. Please, 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 because I want to fly my fly my Starfarer. Oh, over. how crazy would that be if we saw it? Um, if we saw it this month, how crazy would that be? I think we will, Jimmy. It's only the fourth for crying out loud. There's twenty one more days, or no, twenty seven more days. Okay, here's month. my prediction. Yeah, I, I predict that we will not see two point four until next month. I know. I'm sorry. I know, but that that's my prediction. And I hope Drum I'm wrong. Pack. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I do too. All right. Well, in the meantime, please go to engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's e n j i n.com. Thank you, Ronald Jenkins, for letting us use your music. Check him out at ronaldjenkins.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen the Base Radio at radio.starcitizenbase.com, where you can find a rebroadcast of one of our shows every Saturday afternoon. You can reach the podcast by email at comms at versecast.org. On Twitters, we are at Versecast, and please do be sure to use the TGWS hashtag, our RSI Star Citizen Organization can be found at robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash versecast. On Steam, we are those guys with ships, and please do be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is versecast.org. Say goodnight, Gracie. My name is Gleep, and all of my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy, where can the fine folks find you? Good night, Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> he hates it when you do that. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do it in the next show. I feel bad. I steal his oh. thunder. But he doesn't. I, I talk after you do, so it's weird that like he says it then. But you know, well, yeah, yeah what are you going to do? Um, you can find me most chatty on uh, Twitter at uh, Jimmy Croker. Uh, I'm always there talking about all sorts of things, even just not Star Citizen, but uh, you know, other games, other sci-fi stuff, life in general. Uh, and then, uh, of course, as, as everyone knows from this episode, because this was a fairly heavy Quantum Drive episode, uh, you can find me every yeah. Thursday night, uh, 9 p.m. PST, and Saturday, 1 p.m. PST, over at the base, uh, doing my show Quantum Drive, which is a mixture of music and lore. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, this, uh, this coming Thursday is the last episode of Season 1. And then I go on hiatus for about eight weeks, but I'll be doing a best of during that time frame. Yeah, yeah. All of your favorites, like they were new again. It's true. Yeah. I think uh, for sure, I think uh, I'm going to do Death of a Spaceman. That's the one uh, where uh, Gleep saves my life. Yay, I'm a hero. <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right, well, until next time then, we are Those Guys with Ships, and this has been the Versecast. See you guys. The password is persistence. It is definitely uh, P.B. Herman's uh, word of the day. Persistence. Ah! <laughs> I was terrible P.B. Herman the first time. Yeah, that was not good. No, it's the allergies. Uh, is that what you're going to blame it on? It, yeah. I'm going to blame it on skill. 